is up? It's The Ramp. My name is Jeff Rackleman. It is Friday, August 14th. Oh, yeah, baby. I love this time of year. I really do. I love fantasy football draft season. It's freaking awesome. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to talk to you today. Get a setup here for fantasy football draft weekends. The next four weekends. And he might be in keeper league, so... I think it is a good time to talk a little keeper strategy, so that's what we'll cover on the show. Of course, before we get to that, I got to tell you about our sponsor for today. You know who it is, Monkey Knife Fight. Diversity, it's the spice of life. And if you like to play daily fantasy sports, well, you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world. Because monkeyknifefight.com is different. There's the diversity than other daily fantasy sites. It really is. It's different than what you're used to out there. And that's because on monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps. You don't have to play against the Sharks, which means anyone has a chance of winning. Even you. Even me. Anybody has a chance of winning. Monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily fantasy contests. In all the sports you love, baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, eSports, Monkey Knife Fight has it all. And you know what else MonkeyKnifeFight.com has? A free $5 game. Yes, that's right. For you, just for signing up. And if you use the promo code RANTS, you're going to have your first deposit matched instantly up to $50. With a name like MonkeyKnifeFight.com, you can be pretty certain You know what you're getting into when you sign up to play Monkeys and Knives and Fights and Sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. And use that promo code RANT. That'll get you your deposit bonus, which is a good thing. It's a very good thing. Real quick, before we get into the keeper stuff... Uh, Some interesting news coming across today. Not surprising, but the buzz is only going to build here. Clyde Edwards-Alaire came from Adam Teicher over at ESPN saying that he was the feature back in practice. (laughs) Yeah, you're not getting Clyde Edwards-Alaire beyond the middle of the first round. He's not not lasting to the end of the first round. I I think it's a little too tight. I I don't feel comfortable drafting him there. But man, oh man, (laughs) he's going to go very early in your drafts. I would not be surprised if he was the fifth player taken. I'm just I'm just saying, non-keeper leagues. I'm just saying. In a keeper league, depending on who's kept, it would not shock me if he goes first overall. And I would not be taking him there, I'll be honest with you. You know, regardless of not knowing who's going to be kept. Unless it's something like you're keeping three or four, you know, then it's a little bit different. But if you're keeping one keeper, man, the hype is real. The hype is real. So we're not getting any discounts there. Uh, also, I appreciate everybody who has followed along with me over the years. And if you have, you know very well uh, that there are certain players who I uh, have an affinity for. I just seemingly don't know how to quit them. These are players who I call broke back players. And one of them is CJ Procise. Oh, man. I wish I knew how to quit you. CJ, I wish I knew how to quit you. He got a tryout with the Lions. I don't think it's going to be anything, by the way. I just think it's funny that a lot of people tweeted me and were like, hey, you're the first person I thought of when I saw this news. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, hey, man, coming out of Notre Dame, had the wide receiver skill set, the perfect opportunity in what seemed like a good offense for him in Seattle. He hit 
He had the big game against the Eagles. I said it on national TV before it happened that he was my play of the day. And then he got hurt, and we basically have never heard from him again for fantasy purposes. It's a shame, but that's kind of where we are uh, with uh, CJ ProSize. So anyway, yeah, I don't think anything's going to come of that. A couple other quick notes. Uh, Lamar Miller signed to a one-year deal. He's on the active pup list. Remember, you can come off of that at any time in training camp. This really complicates things in the backfield. I think it's more of an indication that Sony Michelle isn't going to be back than it is an indictment of Damian Harris. Still like taking a late round stab on Damian Harris. Uh, speaking of those Seattle Seahawks, Pete Carroll giving some praise to DJ Dallas. Now, of course, he is the Kumbaya King and everything is great with Pete Carroll, but I, I do actually kind of like this blurb. I am not sure about Rashad Penny. We'll see. I think that bare minimum, he misses the first six weeks of the season. It could be significantly more. Uh, with Carlos Hyde, uh, there's not much there. So DJ Dallas is kind of in an interesting position. Just a guy I'm going to keep an eye on. Remember, he is a watch list guy uh, for me. Mitchell Trubisky could be the week one starter. Yay. <laughs> Of course, because it's 2020. Why? What else? <laughs> uh, we'll see. Hey, man, it's not that good for Allen Robinson or for uh, for you know Anthony Miller, but I, I don't think it really changes things that much for me in terms of my outlook of those guys, if Trubisky is the week one star. I don't think he holds the job, by the way. Uh, one other note here from Buffalo. The Athletic talking about Sean McDermott saying that he could potentially outlive Josh Allen if Josh Allen doesn't uh, show improvement here. And and basically, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, I, I buy into McDermott as a longtime head coach in this league. He has really done a lot with not necessarily the best personnel group. And please don't at me if you're a Bills Mafia person. I love the Bills. I do. But I'm going to be honest. And I think, you know, we all need to be honest. Is it the best offensive and defensive team no there are some very nice pieces do not get me wrong Trey White right off the gate nice pieces there but they have outplayed their personnel which is a testament to the team as a whole I'm saying nice things about the team Josh Allen though I tell you what the more I think about this the more it reminds me of Ryan Tannehill Ryan Tannehill was a first round pick he goes to Miami gets the opportunity to start right out of the gate and never really improved. He was never terrible, but he never improved. I mean, he wasn't. We've seen some rookie quarterbacks who are just straight up terrible, and then you know they don't make it past their first season. They he showed signs never really improved, and he overstayed his welcome. They obviously you know he bounced out of there, and now I mean obviously now a different story with him. He was able to get that second life in the NFL, which a lot of players don't get. But is that Allen? Does Allen take a step forward? Because I'll tell you what, for fantasy purposes, he is near elite. He's not elite, but he's not that far away. For real football purposes, he's not particularly good as a starter when you compare him to the rest of the starters around the league. And again, don't at me if you're a Bills Mafia person. We can go through and we can look. There are, there are a couple areas where he's very deficient. He's deficient in accuracy. He also, decision-making-wise, needs to take a step forward. You cannot scramble as much as Josh Allen scrambles and have that be sustainable over the long term. There are a few things that need to be worked out. And I'm not saying he can't work them out because 
Dude has a couple things you cannot teach. The athleticism, the whip, the size. You can't teach that. But he's got a few things that you you know that he needs to learn that are teachable. So we'll see. I mean, I really hope he takes a step forward cuz I like Josh Allen. I do. I like Josh Allen and I really like him as a fantasy option. So there you go. Some news items here at the top of the show, but let's talk about keepers. And I, I think first and foremost, we really need to define a few things when just talking about keeper leagues in general, because keeper leagues come in all shapes and sizes. They certainly do. You could be in a league where you keep one guy, you could keep two guys, three guys. I think the most I ever hear in terms of keepers before it really becomes full-blown dynasty is about five or six, maybe a little bit more than that. I I think two or three is nice. I feel like one is never enough, right? Just keeping one guy. Two solid, three is really kind of perfect for me. I I always love the three because you get that little trio, that little core, and if you can really nail that, especially the teams who don't have that trio, because sometimes you'll be in a draft. I know you probably have been where there's somebody in the league and you just look at their keepers, you're like, oof. Man, <laughs> they get their work cut out for them, right? Because if you don't have that core, yeah, you got your work cut out for you. I, I'm not saying you can't make up ground because you certainly can, but you got your work cut out for you. So they come in all shapes and sizes. There are different approaches as well in terms of keeper penalties you know, or even who you can keep. I've heard of leagues you know, from various people saying, well, you can't keep anybody before X round, whatever that round is. Sometimes it's just early round, so you can't keep anybody who you drafted in rounds one, two, or three last year. They, they, you know, the idea here is that you're recycling a lot of those guys, and a lot of those guys will end up being top picks again this year. Not all of them, but a lot of them will. So you always at least have those top guys in the draft. Hey, if that's your thing, do it. I've heard some leagues where it's like, well, you can only keep them if they were drafted after round 10 or, or whatever it is. Hey, if that's your league, that's your league. Uh, I've heard of leagues, you know, certainly plenty of leagues, and I'm in leagues that actually uh, make you keep players at the round they were drafted, which is fine, or there's an escalation penalty. So, for example, let's say you drafted a player in round eight last year. This year, you keep them in round seven. Next year, in round six, if you kept them again. Round five, if you kept them again. Uh, I'm in a league where we actually call that the Ladanian Tomlinson rule because <laughs> early on we decided right out of the gate we were going to be a keeper league, which is pretty cool. And this is this league's 20 years old. And in the first year, it was right before Ladanian Tomlinson became LT, like the rock star stud. And the guy who got him, I don't know what round it was, if it was round four or something, it was something crazy like that, where he literally then kept him, it might have been LT's rookie year that he that he drafted him, and he ends up keeping him in round four or five or whatever for his entire career, and it was like the steal, like his team was always really good because he was able to have Latanian Tomlinson, so we added this escalation, so it's not like, um, it's not a major penalty. But it's enough to kind of prevent, uh, you know, hey, if you're in a two-quarterback league and you drafted Patrick Mahomes in his rookie year, you probably got him pretty late. So it prevents you from keeping him forever. <laughs> I don't know. You know, it kind of it levels the playing field a little bit. A little bit. Honestly, whatever it is you want to do, you can do it. That's the beauty of fantasy football. If your league is in on it, you can do it. 
But I do find that a lot of people, when it comes to making keeper decisions, overvalue age in the first place and then potentially overvalue the rounds in the second place. So I'll talk about the rounds in a little bit. But when it comes to making your keeper decisions, it isn't a dynasty league. So in a dynasty league, I've talked about this ad nauseum on this podcast, but if I have a running back like, I don't know, Aaron Jones, who's coming up at the end of his rookie contract, who's now 25, looking at 26, you know, straight in the mirror, I'm looking to trade Aaron Jones away. Like, I, I don't really want Aaron Jones now. I want to trade him away, get younger, get picks, whatever I can. Now, I, I can't shoot myself in the foot. I can't completely cripple my roster by doing that. But if I have the opportunity to do it, I'm going to do it. Aaron Jones, maybe Dalvin Cook, Derek Henry. These are guys who are in their window for me to capitalize and get maximum value before they get you know, over the hill. Once you hit that downward slope, you're not getting maximum value anymore. So I'd be looking to move those guys away. However, in a keeper league, I am not looking at age at all. Like, I would even, you know, it doesn't matter to me. In a dynasty league, I don't want Tom Brady. But in a keeper league, if it's, especially if it's a two quarterback, I don't think it's terrible to keep a guy his age. Uh, uh, you know, Derrick Henry, 26 years old. Okay, I don't care. <laughs> Not in a keeper league, because keeper league, I'm only really thinking about this year. That's all I'm thinking about. I want to win in 2020 in my keeper leagues. In a dynasty league, I want to win in 2020, but I also have to think about what my roster is going to look like in 2021, 2022, and maybe even 2023 based on the decisions I'm making right now. It's a different mindset. You really have that three to five year window in dynasty where, yes, you're focused on the present, but not entirely. In dynasty, I'm focused on the present. And that also impacts drafting. I know people will draft specifically so that they can have keepers for next year. I don't know what's going to happen next year. I'd I'd love to say that I do, but I don't. So I'm going to draft to win this year. And if I'm drafting to win this year and I do win this year, then guess what? I'm going to have plenty of keeper options for next year. That's just the way it works. Like You don't even need to think about next year. Uh, it's going to work itself out. If you win this year, you, you're going to be all right. You're going to be all right. So not thinking about age. Not thinking about age. Julio Jones, 31 years old. is a guy I'm probably going to be trading in Dino. I'm telling you, I'm trying to unload Julio. I love me some Julio. I don't care in a keeper league. If I have Julio Jones in a keeper league, don't care about his age. Doesn't matter to me. So if you're just in a straight keeper league, just straight up, no penalties for rounds, anything like that, I just play it very straightforward, and I keep the top guys. Now, right now, over at FTNFantasy.com, I put up my keeper rankings. So this is for no round penalties. It's free, so you can check it out. It's my top 100. There's no rookies in it because you're not keeping rookies, right? So obviously, hey, McCaffrey's at the top of the list. But, you know, if I scroll down a little bit, so if I go, so, you know, if you're thinking about keeping Patrick Mahomes, let's say here's your keeper decision, something like Patrick Mahomes or Miles Sanders. Well, right now I have Miles Sanders ranked 20 and Patrick Mahomes ranked 24 on my keeper rankings. So I'm keeping Miles Sanders. 
I know a lot of people are going to want to, you know, especially if you only have one, then you're going to want to possibly consider those quarterbacks, Lamar Jackson as well. I actually flip-flopped. I, I came around to it. The more I ran projections, the more I, I figured, you know, Mahomes is just a tick ahead of Lamar for me. On my keeper rankings, I have Lamar at 29, though. So, you know, it's close, but those guys are a little bit lower. I know a lot of people want to keep them because of, especially Lamar, because of what he did last year, but there are a lot of guys I have ahead of him who I would be keeping, you know, if there are no penalties. So you can use that to your advantage. You could come up with your own rankings. I do think that's the best approach if there's no penalties. And it's regardless of how many guys you have to keep. You can use these rankings if you're keeping one. You could use them if you're keeping six, honestly. Anybody who isn't on the rankings obviously is below the list. So just keep that in mind. But it's 100 players. And, I mean, the last guys on the list are some you know tight ends like Austin Hooper, Mike Kosicki. So it goes pretty deep. Anyway, ftnfantasy.com for that. Now, when it comes to rounds, things can be a little bit more tricky. And I will say that there is a tendency of people to overvalue late round guys. Re- really, though, let's say you're keeping a guy or you have a guy who you could potentially keep in round 15. To me, there's really almost no difference if you're keeping him in round 15 or if you're keeping him in round 10 or even if you're keeping him in like round nine. The value really flattens out the later you get into drafts. So what we'll see is like the value of the first overall pick is significant, right? So if you have the first overall pick this year, it's a significantly valuable pick because that's the only pick you're going to be able to get Christian McCaffrey, essentially. But as you go down, even in the first round, the value starts to drop off. And pick by pick, it's it's pretty sizable, believe it or not. And we know this. I mean, if you've ever drafted... At the 12 spot, you know how much different that value is than getting Christian McCaffrey at the one or whoever is the one in a given year. But as we go into like, you know, as I said, into the middle rounds, pick by pick, there's almost no drop off. Like it's a very subtle between if you're at the top of the, you know, say the seventh round and the bottom of the seventh round, there's really not that much difference in that value. And as we get further and further, as I said, the value drop-off is so minuscule, one pick to the to the next. So in other words, a long-winded way of saying that people overvalue those late rounds, and yet it's really hard to quantify that, right? It's really hard to look at it and be like, well, what is the value of keeping this guy in the 15th round as opposed to this guy in the first round? Or even keeping, let's say like you have Christian McCaffrey in the first round, but your pick, your pick 11, right? Is that better keeping him at pick 11 than keeping Miles Sanders in the fourth round at, you know, uh, pick, uh, what, 4-2? Which one is better? And it's tricky, right? It's tricky because part of you doesn't want to give up your first round pick, but you're never getting him at at 111, keeper or not. You're not going to get him there. Now, likewise, you're not going to get Miles Sanders at 4-2, but which one is more valuable? So I have a, a way of calculating that. It's called the keeper value chart. And if you follow me from my previous employer, uh, you probably have seen this, this before. But basically, it's a, it's a chart that establishes a value number for each player. In all, f- I have the four main scoring formats. So I have non-PPR, half-point PPR, PPR, and two-quarterback. 
and then establishes a, a uh, equivalent value for each pick. It's pretty cool stuff. So, for example, here, if we're in a half-point PPR, Christian McCaffrey has a value of 81.1, right? 81.1. And I do this based on uh, value-based drafting calculations. So if you were wondering how I came up with that number, right? So it's basically, it's kind of the same way I come up with auction values. But instead of putting it in auction value format, I put it in kind of like a 0 to 100 format. So 81.1. The value of pick 111 in a half-point PPR is 53.7. So all you have to do is subtract that from McCaffrey to get his value score. It's 27.4. So let's do the same thing now with Miles Sanders. So Miles Sanders, his value is 49.3. So obviously he's he's a big drop-off there from Christian McCaffrey at 49.3, but we're keeping him at 4.2, and the value of that pick... Uh, on the keeper value chart is 39.9. So again, subtract 39.9 from uh, 49.3, and I think you already figured it out. That's 9.4. So in other words, the value score here of keeping him there at 9.4, it's actually about three times lower than keeping Christian McCaffrey at 111. So in other words, the chart has is telling you Keep Christian McCaffrey at 111, throw Miles Sanders back into the pool. I'm telling you, for a long time, I always struggled with this, and that's why I came up with this keeper value chart. This has helped me immensely over the years. Now, you know, it's not 100% foolproof because there's nothing in fantasy football that is, but you can use this as well to calculate the value of, you know, if you were going to. Uh, trade. So, for example, Saquon Barkley plus uh, the 8-5 pick is a value of 91.7. And then if you're going to trade him for Kareem Hunt, let's say you got offered Kareem Hunt plus pick 1-8. Well, that would equal 80. So it's actually whoever's getting Saquon is getting the better deal, if that makes sense. You can add the player plus the pick value to calculate if the trade's a good trade. It's pretty cool stuff, I'm telling you. It is pretty, pretty cool stuff. So, the keeper value chart, it's up at ftnfantasy.com. It is paywalled, okay? So, you got to be a subscriber to check that out. The rankings are free. You can check out the keeper rankings for free, but you got to be a subscriber to check out the keeper value chart. It's a cool uh, add-on if you are in keeper leagues. It's really going to help you out a lot. So, there you go. That does it for the show today. So, go check that out, ftnfantasy.com. The site has been bumping. The topics that I talked about on the last two podcast articles are up, so running backs to consider if you go wide receiver heavy early, and vice versa, wide receivers to consider if you go running back heavy early. Those are up. Those are free as well. Appreciate everybody reviewing the show on iTunes. Man, it is really helping us out. You don't even know how important that is. So if you haven't reviewed the show already, please go do so. Review it. Rate it. Easiest way to rate it, honestly, if you have an iPhone is to open up your podcast app, go to My Podcast, The Rant, and scroll down, click on the stars. It's nice and easy. It's pretty cool. All right, following along on social media, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. Use that hashtag, Rat Pack. That way I know you're a listener of the show. All right, Friday, baby. I'll catch you on the flip side of the weekend for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here.